Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Or if there are things going on in your life and you're curious what the Bible has to say about them, we'd love to talk with you about that. And if you have prayer requests, we'd love to pray for you here on the air and just have everybody listening be able to say amen with you. There's so much power in that. And so we invite you to uh, give us a call, whether it's a question about the Bible or something in your life or a prayer request. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. And here at the beginning of the show is always really the best time to call in uh, because we kind of have uh, right here at the beginning of the show kind of a window when the lines are open and it's like the best time to call. So give us a call. The number 303-690-3000. Or you can also text us. Our text line is 720-336-0897. That line again, 720-336-0897. We want to say welcome to everybody who's listening uh, here in Colorado and southern Wyoming, live on the air. Uh, Grace FM is broadcasting all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming area, all the way down to Pueblo, Colorado. So just uh, the whole front range. And uh, we welcome you. So glad that you tuned in today. Love to hear from you and pray for you and talk with you. Also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and also those of you listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and uh, into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad that you tuned in today. And just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in, and then uh, you get to tune in a week later, and you get to listen to yourself on the radio and, and hear the call when you called in. So that's kind of cool. So just a reminder that... Uh, that is the case, but also a reminder that you can listen wherever you are in the country or even in the world on our mobile app or on our website. So you can go to gracefm.com and you can listen right there in your browser. Or if you have a mobile device, uh, in, you know, whether it's a tablet or a mobile phone, you can just go to the app store that you use for that and just type in gracefm and it should come right up and you download that app and you can listen wherever you are um, in the world really at any time live to the program. The number to call again is 303-690-3000. or text us 720-336-0897. Um, just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church here in Longmont, Colorado, where we're broadcasting from today. And um, I am usually your host on Monday afternoons for Calvary Live, but this past week was Labor Day, and then today Pastor Ed is away, so I'm filling in for him today. 
And again, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, we are a church that loves Jesus, and we love to worship God and study his word. We like to study through entire books of the Bible and go verse by verse through the scriptures. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is right in downtown Longmont. So if you know the city of Longmont or you live in the surrounding towns or even here in Longmont, then you'll know that uh, the St. Vrain Memorial Building is right on the corner of Roosevelt Park. So we're right on the northwest corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak Avenue. So Kaufman Street and Longs Peak Avenue, right on the northwest corner in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. And we that is just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, right here in downtown Longmont. So the address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And you can also just find directions from wherever you're coming from if you go to whitefieldschurch.com. You can also listen to all of our messages and all that good stuff at, on that site for free. So whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me every weekday here on Grace FM. We have a show that airs at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And that is called Life in the Field, which is an allusion to the fact that we live our lives on God's mission field um, and... And so, yeah, you can tune in and hear our messages there. And um, again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. The number to call, 303-690-3000. This past Sunday uh, at Whitefields, we have been studying through the book of Romans. And so this past Sunday, we we're in our second study in Romans chapter 8. We're taking our time going through Romans chapter 8 because it's just one of the best, richest uh, chapters in the entire Bible. And so we're taking our time. We're going to do four studies in total. So we just did our second one this past weekend, and we talked about adoption. Just one of my favorite subjects, my wife and I adopted a uh, young person. He was a teenager at the time we adopted him. He's um, 14 when he came to uh, live with us as a foster child. This is when we were missionaries in Hungary. And um, then a few years after he came to live with us as a foster child. We adopted him. So adoption is something that's very close to our hearts. And we love this picture of the fact that adoption isn't just a nice thing to do. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel and what it means to, um, to be received into God's family. And I love how the book of Romans, if you really think about it, it brings us into the courtroom of God. It, it uses all this legal language. Stuff. It talks about law, justification, righteousness, guilt, um, and, and all of these legal terms. And then it shows us in chapter 5 that in the wonder of wonders, our defense attorney, even after we have been found guilty and, and condemned, our defense attorney comes, Jesus, and he says, I'm going to take your place in judgment so that you can take my place in life. And he makes this incredible trade with us. And then if that weren't enough, he says, I'm going to do something even beyond that. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to be your helper and your counselor and your guide. And then we're like, wow, uh, that's more than we could have ever asked for. And then he says, but wait, there's even more than that. And he says, okay, here I'm going to do even more beyond that. We go from a... Uh, court case which is all about a criminal hearing and a death sentencing and then all of a sudden it's still a court case but now it's an adoption hearing in which the judge himself is adopting us now as his own children he pays all of our debts 
and he forgives those debts. He absorbs them, and then he calls us his children. He gives us an inheritance, and he gives us a new name, a new identity. He's chosen us. That's one of the most beautiful parts of adoption is that you choose someone you adopt. And, um, and so I just love this picture of adoption as a picture of the gospel. And so this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about the next section, which is this tension that we all feel. Is life beautiful or is life hard and difficult? And of course the answer is yes. But what we see is that all of us live with this constant frustration, right? In, the, in, in Ecclesiastes, the writer writes a lot about it where he says that everything is vanity. And that same word vanity is used in Romans chapter 8, but it's translated frustration and futility. And it says that we and all of creation have been subjected to frustration and futility and vanity because it says that God did that in hope that one day uh, we would be liberated and redeemed. In other words, that frustration that we have is meant to drive us to Jesus, the only one who can fill that God-shaped void in our hearts. So loving the book of Romans and loving this study in chapter 8, if you're in Longmont or the surrounding area, come join us at Whitefields Community Church this coming Sunday at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you. Let's go to line one. We've got uh, Pam in Pennsylvania. Hi, Pam. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? Um, I was just, uh, about a month or so ago, I was like, why is the resurrection so important? Because Jesus died for our sins, and so all of our sins are forgiven. And, um, you know, I was looking it up online, and they were saying, well, it proves he's God and stuff like that. But, like, I'm just stuck on it a little bit. You know, I understand that he had to raise from the dead, but, like, why is it so important to our faith? Oh, yeah. And you know what? That is such an important question. And I will tell you this, that I would say, especially since the Reformation, there has been a really big focus on the death of Jesus. And actually, I, I guess I would go back further than that. Medieval Roman Catholicism also had a, a huge focus on the death of Jesus. But if you go all the way back to the New Testament church and you look at the uh, epistles and you look at what the epistle writers, the apostles wrote about, they write a lot more about the resurrection of Jesus. When they talk about what their faith means and what is the message of the gospel, they never leave out the resurrection. They always talk about Jesus died for our sins and he resurrected. Like that, that is so important, right? And so for early Christians too, we know that um, Good Friday wasn't as much of a holiday. It was really the resurrection day, Easter, which was the, the true holiday. And so... The, the reason why it's important, I'm going to give you a couple reasons. One of them you already mentioned. It proves that everything Jesus said was true. And that's really important. It, it, and I hope you don't bypass that and say, okay, but is that it? Uh, it, it there is actually more than that. But um, it's really important because Jesus made some audacious claims, right? Like some really, really crazy claims. Like he claimed to be the only one who is the only way to heaven. In other words, that other ways to heaven are incorrect or wrong and that he is the only way he claimed to be um, God come to earth he claimed to be pre-existent before Abraham and all of these things and so you'd say you know like I could tell you that I'm a boiled egg and uh, you would not believe me unless I had some sort of proof right and so if Jesus makes all these audacious claims about himself how are we to know that they're true well he himself said I will give you one sign and one sign only. I will give you the sign of the prophet Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the heart of the, uh, 
it was inside the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So the son of the man, uh, sorry, son of man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And, um, and then he'll be resurrected. And so that's really important. Jesus himself hung his hat on, on the fact that he would rise from the dead and then he did it. Also, it has never been disproven. If you wanted to disprove Christianity, all you'd have to do is disprove the resurrection because uh, lots of people have claimed to be somebody special and they're all dead and no, none of them have risen from the dead. So this also sets Jesus apart from all other uh, you know, important figures in history, whether they're religious or philosophical or whatever. Um, but I think the biggest part is this, that his... Um, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about this, and it says that Jesus is the first fruits of those who are risen from the dead. So the first fruits, it, it's a farming term, right? Or even a gardening term. You get your first fruits from your crops. And what those do is they, they're a preview of what is to come in the future, right? In, in the near future. And so with Jesus resurrecting from the dead, it communicates a couple things. Number one, he defeated death. You remember that the curse of sin is death all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 the curse of sin is death and so by Jesus overcoming death he's showing that he has undone the curse of sin and and that has repercussions for us so I I kind of tend to put it this way Jesus's life death and resurrection are all very important uh, parts of our salvation his life is important because Romans 8 actually talks about this, that he met the righteous requirements of the law so that they might be fulfilled in us. In other words, Jesus lived the life that we should have lived. So that his life is important. We can't just uh, skip that either. He fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law in his life. The second part is that his death. Now, that's the part that we tend to focus a lot on, and I think rightly so, right? Like, so he paid the price he took our judgment in his death. But then in his resurrection, why is that important? Here's why. Because his resurrection is the guarantee, it is the promise that we will have eternal life. See, it would be one thing, and really, I would encourage you, read 1 Corinthians 15, because it really addresses this question. And it basically says this, Jesus died to forgive our sins. There were some people who didn't really believe that he had resurrected from the dead, and they kind of wondered, well, even if he did, who really cares? Um, why does that matter? And Paul's answering that question. And he's saying, well, if he just died for your sins and your sins are forgiven, well, what good does that do you if then you just die when you get older and then you're in the dirt forever? Like, there has to be something more and it's through his resurrection that he guaranteed eternal life for us. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, you know, I would say also for me over the past few years, as I've dug into that, because I've had I had that similar question myself. As I dug into it, I really say that I, I, it has been one of the greatest studies of my life. Has been studying what does the resurrection mean and why is it important. So, I'd encourage okay, you to did, do the did, same. Did you just um, did you just like do Bible references? You know, what I mean, like read something and then. Yes, um, I did. I, you just kept going from one reference to another? Yeah, that, that is right. And, you know, as I read through the Bible, and that would be my, my bigger advice, is rather than just looking up references, I would encourage you, read through the Bible, and in it you'll see all these allusions to resurrection. They're throughout the Bible. It's one of those what we call intercanonical themes, which means it's a theme that runs throughout the whole Bible. 
Um, also, there's a very good book. It's very big and scholarly. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. But it's called The Resurrection of the Son of God. It was written by N.T. Wright. And it is kind of the grand opus on the resurrection. Like he touches on every topic, meaning like how do we know the resurrection happened? Uh, what does the resurrection mean? Why is it important? And then, you know, what's the significance of it? So um, it's a great book, but again, it's it's a pretty pretty uh, hefty read. Okay, what was the name of it again? The Resurrection of the Son of God by N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright, okay. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, absolutely. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We have two open lines right now. Uh, let's go to Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Bianca. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I just have a prayer request. The Lord has really been... I mean, I'm sure you know this about me from another call before, but lately the Lord has just really been putting on my heart that I should go on a short-term mission trip somewhere. And and Israel's really been on my heart lately, and I'd just like some prayer that the Lord would give me the right timing to go and provision and all of that, because I do know that where God guides, He provides, and and if He really wants me to go at whatever time it is, I know He'll be my provider, and He'll open the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to pray for you, Bianca. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for Bianca, and I ask for her that you would give her vision, direction, and guidance. Lord, I thank you that you've given her something that she would like to do and and would like to follow your leading in in this trip to Israel. I pray that you'd show her what's the right trip, where's where's the group that's going that she can be a part of. And I pray that you would prepare her for that spiritually, prepare the way before her. And I also pray that you provide for her financially. Lord, I know that uh, when we ask things in your will, you give them to us. Now, we don't know if this is your will or not, but we do ask that uh, if it is your will, Lord, would you provide all that Bianca needs to go on this trip? Would you provide her with the actual trip to go? on and be a part of would you provide her with all the financial needs and lord i thank you for her heart that she just wants to do your world your your will and serve you and i pray that you'd lead her and guide her in doing that wherever that might be in jesus name amen amen thanks a lot bye absolutely bye-bye you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church taking your calls and texts on the air today the number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Michelle in Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, What's up? I've I've been approached by a pair of Mormons twice within about two weeks, and. The second time it happened, I thought God was giving me another opportunity to try to talk to them to get them to see the validity of the Bible over the Book of Mormon, and I'm not, it's really hard because 
they're talking about a book that is written after the Bible. And I was just wondering if you had any advice on, on what to say to a Mormon or a or non-believer, I guess, for that matter, that might, you know, yeah, might be more convincing. Yeah, about, are, are you thinking specifically to refute the Book of Mormon, or are you thinking to um, affirm the validity of the Bible? Um, yeah, to refute the Book of Mormon, or to, or to just prove that it, that it, it, it doesn't have validity within the Bible. Because I was trying to get them to say, well, does this hold up the Scripture in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's, here's one really big one that I'll give you with the Book of Mormon, is that the basic premise of the Book of Mormon has been proven scientifically to be false. And, and here's what that is. I don't know how familiar you are with the Book of Mormon, but it tells a story. And the story um, is the story of, you know, that there were the tribes of Israel, the northern kingdom, were taken into exile in Assyria. Now, some of those people, then Assyria was later taken over by Babylon at the same time then the southern kingdom was in Babylon. So in a way, the two kingdoms that were in exile during the, the great exile, right, the northern kingdom went first by a couple hundred years, then the southern kingdom was taken into Babylon, but Babylon took over Assyria, which means that the two kingdoms, the two groups of Israel, were united in exile in Babylon. And then, you know, Babylon was taken over by Persia, and it was Cyrus in that time who let them go back and resettle Jerusalem. And all that to say that there is this kind of theory that uh, during that time, some of the tribes of Israel were lost and that they um, nobody knows where they ended up. And there have been a lot of weird theologies that came about uh, based on basically just speculation about what happened to some of these lost tribes of Israel. There's even this weird theology um, called British Replacement Theology, which teaches that some of the tribes of Israel went into northern Europe and they became like... The, the big one that they like to talk about is the, the tribe of Dan, that Dan became the Danish people. And then they have another theory that a different tribe became the British people or the English people. And therefore, the British people are technically Jewish people who therefore inherit the promises of God. Now, that is not uh, scientifically correct or, or anything else, but the Book of Mormon was written Um, by Joseph Smith in the late 1800s. And during that time, the big thing that a lot of people were trying to figure out, and a lot of people didn't know, and there were all these different theories, was where did the um, Native Americans come from? Like, how did people get to the Americas? This is before we realized that they came over the Bering Strait, right? And so the theory was that he came up with in this book that he claimed to have received divinely was that, oh, well, you know where the Native Americans came from? They came from Israel. And so the Book of Mormon tells the story of how the lost tribes um, of Israel actually rebuilt the Ark of Noah, Noah's Ark. They built one to scale based on the writings in the Torah, like the five books of Moses, based on Genesis. They just took the, the, the writing of Genesis. They rebuilt Noah's Ark. They all got in, and they took a boat ride across the Atlantic Ocean, and that's how the Native Americans got to America. Well, we now have DNA testing and all kinds of anthropology, which showed us that the people, the North Americans, are related to Asians. They're not related to 
the Jewish people. So, I mean, this is just a completely false story. And you can also see that it was born in a time when uh, this was a big question that people were asking that hadn't been settled yet. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest ones is that the Book of Mormon um, claims something as history which we know to be false. And, and there's absolutely no proof for it. In fact, there's a lot of proof against it. So I think that really does help to undermine their trust and their belief in the Book of Mormon. Okay. Now, now there's other things that you could get into with the Book of Mormon. I think that's the easiest one. Um, there are yeah, other things. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they mentioned a, a prophet named Lehi who lived around 600 A.D., mm-hmm. who was the one who came across the ocean. Does, does this, did this person exist, or did they have no way of proving that he existed? Yeah, we have no way of proving that this person actually existed. And my opinion, of course, is that this is a completely fictional story and a completely fictional person. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, thank so you. I would start there. If you want to get more into it, then I would go more into the reasons why we believe that the canon of Scripture is closed. So that's a whole different story uh, and a different study, and I would encourage you to do some research on that as well. Oh, great. Okay, I will. Okay. Well, God bless you, Michelle. And let me oh. pray for you before you go. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray for Michelle. I pray that you would anoint her with your spirit. Lord, empower her to speak boldly in your name. Give her the right words to speak to these people and work in their hearts because we know that a lot of times these aren't so much cognitive issues as they are issues of the heart and the soul. So we pray, Lord, that you would reach these uh, hearts and these souls and that you would use Michelle in that work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Laura in Medford, New Jersey. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the program. Hey. Hi. Thank you. What's up? Um, well, I was listening well, live on my end of the of my end of the country. I was listening to a lady who was going through a horrible custody issue with her 13 year old daughter, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to call and encourage her to claim her daughter because I've mm-hmm. gone through this exact same issue three times with my own children and my ex husband. And okay. um, I don't know. I just I'm, I got so upset when I heard her story because. Her story parallels mine so much so that um, my ex-husband accused me of being mentally unstable. He accused me of being emotionally dangerous to the children. And he just literally snatched three out of four of my children from me just by manipulation. And the whole you-can-do-what-you-want thing, like uh, the kids want to do what they want when they're teenagers, of course, but I raised them in a very strict Christian household with this man, by the way. Mm-hmm. And when we got divorced, um, he kind of just like won off the edge and became mm-hmm. very ugly and very cruel. And when I started hearing the parallels in her story to my story, I was just, I just want to let her know that there's somebody else out here going through the same thing she went through. She mm-hmm. absolutely needs to go and claim her daughter. Every time she has a legal right to be in front of her, she needs to be in front of her. Mm-hmm. She needs to leave the courts out of it, because they've already made a motion on it. 
That daughter is her daughter. She has the right to see her, and she needs to claim her daughter because by not going to see her and not taking her, she's setting a precedence that's going to work against her. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I do know that that's I just, true. <laughs> and I want to encourage her that every time she goes to her daughter's house, every time she gets on the phone with her, every time she texts her, she calls her best friend, her best sister friend in Christ, and just have her bathed in prayer because mm. she's fighting a spiritual war with her ex-husband. And it's ugly. Well, Laura, let's go ahead and pray for her, and uh, we'll pray for you. Is your situation has it cleared up, or is it still ongoing? Oh um, no, it's it's got it just gets worse and worse and worse. Okay, we'll, <laughs> In fact, we'll I pray just for lost, you as well. I just lost my one child, who was actually in her twenties. I just lost her to the lure of her father. Oh, and okay, well, it, well, let, let's pray for you too. So uh, we're going to break. If you don't mind hanging on, I'd be happy to pray for you on the other side of the break. I just heard the music. So um, we will be right back in two minutes' time. You're listening to Calvary Live. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. I'm Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here taking your calls and texts live on the air today. And this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's something that you've read that you're curious about or having trouble understanding, or if there's something going on in your life and you'd like to know what the Bible says about it, or if you would simply like prayer and you have something going on in your life that you would like us to pray for, and uh, we would love to hear from you. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. It's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Right before we went to break, we were talking to Laura, and so let's go back to Laura in New Jersey. Hey, Laura. Hey, how are you doing? Thank, I'm doing great. Thanks for holding. I um, I had a little problem with my chat com thing here, and so I didn't see that we were coming up on the break. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for you now, and for this great, other you. woman you were calling to encourage. Heavenly Father, I pray for Laura. I pray for this other uh, woman who called in last week um, with a custody issue in her children. And Lord, it just breaks our hearts to see families separated. It breaks our hearts to see children separated from their parents and parents separated from their children. Lord, we pray that you would do a work of restoration in these families. We pray that um, both parties, all the parties uh, would be civil. We're, we're just grieved to hear the story of these husbands who are not being civil and not being respectful in the way that they treat their children's mothers. And so, Lord, we just ask for restoration. We pray the best for the kids, and we ask that they would not be aversely affected by these things that are happening as much as possible. Lord, we pray that you would protect them uh, and that you would be their, their uh, one who is like a companion and the one who is like a protector and the comforter of their hearts. We pray at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Laura. Thanks for calling in. All right, Thank bye-bye. you. Thank you, list- you so much for your program. Absolutely. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to Anna in Colorado Springs. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Thank you. I have a question about um, when you're... Uh, poor as a family, 
How do you ask for charity? How do you, How do you ask, ask for charity? For... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about food, because we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Medicaid. So we got no place to live. Mm-hmm. We got an old RV. And nobody let us park on their par- property. My daughter and my granddaughter live with us. And my daughter's the only one that can work. My husband and I are both severely disabled. We've mm-hmm. lost everything. Oh, no. I don't know. God says to be responsible with what he gives you. I don't know how to be responsible with what he's given us, because I don't have much of nothing now. Mm. And I don't know what to do about the situation. I have been praying and asking God to help. Our RV broke down a couple of days ago, and uh, the police told us if we didn't move, they tore our, tr- our, our, our home and our truck. So we had to push the RV with our truck to another place. Well, they're going to ask us to move again. I know it. Hmm. And we're going to have to push the RV with the truck. Now, neither one of our vehicles are legal because we can't afford to make them legal. So this whole situation is just overwhelming. It is is so, God, it's heartbreaking, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm sorry to hear that, Anna. I really am. Here's here's my advice. If you were in our town, I know that um, as a church, when people come to us, and depending on the needs that they have, you know, we we have a, a benevolence ministry, but we also know of uh, there's a great organization, for example, in our town. I'm guessing in a place like Colorado Springs, it's quite a bit bigger than even where we're at. So um, I'm sure that there are organizations, nonprofits that exist. Uh, specifically for the purpose of helping people basically just get over the hump, you know, that they're trying to get over so that they can really get onto their feet and be sustainable. Um, I know that there can be a kind of fatigue that comes with um, giving and, um, yeah. and and with giving. And so what happens is that, you know, a lot of churches, like I would say, you know, our phone at our church rings off the hook and it's usually with people asking for handouts, but we don't, we don't know these people. We don't know who they are. And that's that's really difficult for us to navigate. And so I right. think the best thing that you can do, Anna, just speaking candidly from a uh, from a church perspective, is go to a church um, and and go there a couple times. Get get to know them and start to build a relationship with them and ask them to ask them, hey, what resources can you turn us on to? that might exist to help us because i mean even even in our town here in longmont which is you know a quarter of the size of colorado springs we have three or four organizations that i know of that would be able to help someone in your situation and i guarantee that they exist in colorado springs and so that would be my well they don't my, have um they don't have anybody uh, for families for uh, like uh, my adult daughter they say they can get her and the baby into a place. They don't know when, but eventually. And then um, me and my husband, they don't know when, eventually, uh, if ever. Yeah, and, and I'm not RV, really talking about... we have about... to get rid of it in order right. to accept their charity. And and it's like, they, they even told us, get rid of the RV and move into the shelter. It's like, but what are we going to do with the baby? the baby? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not talking about our um, uh, shelters, 
per se. I'm actually just talking about nonprofits. And I guarantee that the churches in those in this area where you're at, Colorado Springs, I guarantee the churches know of which nonprofits they can help, they can send you to who, who specialize in what you need help with. So that would be my advice. And maybe if you talk to the producer after we get off the line, the producer could maybe give you the number of one or two churches that you can call and ask about those kinds of resources. But I would like Appreciate to pray for it. you. Yeah, I would like to pray for you. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for Anna and her family just at kind of really in a very difficult situation. Lord, you know their situation. You said in your word that you are the God who sees. Where other people might not see what they're going through, uh, Lord, we know that you do see it, and we know that you care about it. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be with them, Lord, that your presence would be in that RV with them and their family, that you would watch over the baby in particular, and uh, the baby would be healthy and safe. And Lord, we do pray that you would help them to get back on their feet and provide, uh, help them find the resources that will put them back on their feet. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God Amen. bless you. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got one open line, the number to call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to John in Boulder, Colorado. Hey, John, welcome to the program. John, we missed you. Okay, well, it looks like John's question, or his comment, rather, was about more approaches to Mormons. We had a call just a little bit ago about how to speak to Mormons. It looks like John's comment was that Mormons say that you will become a god. And that is exactly the same thing that Satan told Adam and Eve in the garden. I, I think that's a very good point, very valid point, John, um, because that, that's definitely the case. Um, the promise of Mormonism, the ultimate hope. So the ultimate hope of Christianity is that we will... Um, we will not only be saved, but we will be redeemed and we will be restored. We look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. We look forward to eternity with God in heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. But uh, Mormons, their hope is something different. Their hope is that uh, they will become a god and rule over a planet. And, and essentially, you're right. I mean, that was the promise of Satan in the garden. It was actually also the thing which caused Satan, the desire which caused Satan to fall into pride and and be kicked out of heaven was his desire he wasn't okay with being an exalted angel he demanded and sought to be god himself and to be honored as god and so you're right it is a very that's a very treacherous and dangerous place for us to go uh seeking after that i think it's very important that we understand that there is a god and that we are not him and uh, and that puts us in the right frame of mind and gives us the right perspective on everything. So thank you, John, for that comment. Sorry that we couldn't talk to you on the air. Let's go to Alex in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the program. Alex. Looks like Alex has dropped too. Oh, Alex, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, there you are. What's going on? Yeah, so I was just um, listening to the lady talk about the child, her children, and I was just calling the also ask for a prayer that I'm going through a situation also with um, my daughter and um, I'm having to go to the courts and I didn't, it's something I didn't want to do. I actually try to comply with um, with her mom so that I can actually be able to see her in any ways at all in any manner that she needed me to be in. But it ended up going 
south with that. And I just wanted to see if you guys can keep praying for my situation with my daughter also so that she can actually join her siblings and join me with raising her with with um, God also. I was actually recently saved March of this year, as a matter of fact. Wow, that's great. Congratulations, and Alex. Thank you. Yeah, since then I haven't looked back, you know, and it's, uh, God has been answering prayers left and right. It's um, This is one of the biggest trials that I'm going through, though. It's been affecting me since since my salvation, as a matter of fact. Um, so it's been really, really, really tough. Um, I haven't even seen her now since May, and I just want to be able to have prayers that we can actually have or at least have custody. The mom is actually asking for full custody right now. Well, John, you know, one of the things that I'm studying right now as in my Bible reading and also what I'm teaching on this coming Sunday is um, I'm teaching through Romans chapter 8, and this particular section is about how do we make sense of the fact that bad things still happen to us even after we are Christians. And that's, that's really what this whole section is, is talking about. It's saying that we are saved, we've been adopted by God, but we still live here on the earth, and because of that, the earth is broken, uh, we're broken people and we live in a broken society. And because of that, we still, um, we experience the, the brokenness of this world. And along with that, we groan desiring things to be right, desiring for things to, you know, not be messed up and for them not to hurt. And the promise of the gospel is that that day is coming. And yet we can live now with a few things. It says when we don't know how to pray, we can depend on the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. In other words, when you don't know the words to pray, you can actually just groan out to God and and God knows what you're... He, it says that uh, the Father searches the heart and he knows what you're desiring. Um, furthermore, it's, it says this, uh, that we know that for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. And what that means is that it doesn't say that all things are good, right? Like some things are absolutely not good. But it says that if we are called by God, if we belong to God, if we love God, then he is going to be working all things together for our good, even the bad. And so, you know, I don't know how God is using this or, or maybe he did use this to get you uh, to give your life to him. But I believe he is going to continue using it for your good. Now, I, I still want to pray that, that you'll get to be with your daughter, but I just want to encourage you with those words. Absolutely. Well, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Alex, and uh, we thank you for this great promise that anything that happens in his life, he can know that you are going to use it for good, even if it's just straight up bad. And I know that it's breaking his heart to be separated from his daughter. And so, Lord, we do pray that justice would be done Lord, you're a God of justice, and I, I, you're also a God of mercy. So I pray, Lord, that we would see justice in the situation, and we'd also see mercy. And Lord, I pray that Alex would be able to have a relationship with his daughter, that, uh, Lord, you would work, do a work of restoration, forgiveness, healing, and hope. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Alex, you. God bless you. I still want to just say in front of everybody, you know, like every once in a while, I mean, every we always pray and we always try to ask for God to help us out with everything but I've something that I've also wanted to let everybody know that I feel like it's really awesome to build this relationship with God and just every now and then just 
tell him I love you. You know, everything that he does for us is something that we should never take for granted. We should always thank him for everything every day. I agree. And it's just beautiful agree. to be here now. Awesome. Awesome, Alex. God bless you. Take God care. Bless you. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Hey, let me just take the opportunity right now. If you are in Longmont or in any of the surrounding towns, we'd love to have you join us for church this coming Sunday at Whitefields Community Church. We are, we are located in downtown Longmont, Colorado, uh, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we are at the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. And... Um, the address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue, but you can also just get directions by going to our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefields with an S, whitefieldschurch.com. Or look us up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We're on all of those sites, and we would love for you to connect with us and use up some of our resources. We've got a whole teaching archive on there of past messages. Some of those air here on Grace FM, but we would uh, invite you to go to our website, listen to those, connect with our church. And if you're in our local area or in any of the surrounding towns, whether it's Berthoud or Mead, Firestone, Frederick, Decono, Lafayette, um, Erie, Niwot, Lyons, we would love for you to come and visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m., at uh, Whitefields Community Church. So check us out, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go back to our call-in line to Barbara in New Jersey. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the program. Hi, Barbara. Hello? Hi. Hello. What's going on? Yes, I'm Barbara, and I, I cannot see. My eyes, I did a surgery on my eyes, and they are all gone. I'm just requesting okay. Yeah, we'd love to pray for you. Let me let me just pray for you then, Barbara. Heavenly Father, we pray for Barbara, and uh, we can't help but remember, Jesus, the times when you healed people who were blind, even people who were born blind. Lord, you healed them and you made them well. And it was a manifestation of your kingdom because we know that in your kingdom there is no uh, infirmity, there is no blindness. And so, Lord, we ask that you would manifest your kingdom in Barbara's life as well. Lord, that her eyesight would be restored, uh, that she would be able to see. Lord, if it, it's if the way you choose to do that is through surgery, Lord, I pray, pray that you'd provide for her so that she can have the surgery she needs, that you would guide those doctors and those uh, medical professionals, Lord, and that Barbara would be well. We ask that in Jesus' name. And we look forward to the ultimate hope that whether it's in this life or the next, Lord, we know that if her faith is in you, Lord, she will be healed. And we pray that in Jesus' name with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Barbara. Thank you. listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0890. Nine seven. Let's go to Brittany in Colorado Springs. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the Hi. program. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't let you to, <laughs> uh, finish this, but my, um, I have a really hard prayer request. And my husband just was in a uh, bike accident. It was a hit and run. And I'm just praying for that person to be um, found because uh, I don't want him to hurt anybody else. So my husband, he hurt his leg. Um, he can't really walk straight. He can't, it's not really good at all. And I just want prayer for that, and I want prayer for just uh, my my renewing of my mind. Mm-hmm. But um, it's more for my husband too. But uh, yeah, so just please pray. Yeah, let's um, do that. 
Heavenly Father, we pray for Brittany, and we pray specifically for her husband in this bike accident. Lord, we, we do pray for justice in the sense that, Lord, this person who did this and who hurt him, Lord, that we pray that they would turn themselves in and that they would uh, be repentant and, and that they would uh, fess up to what they did, Lord. We ask that you would move on their heart to do that. And, Lord, we also pray more for her husband, though, that he would have a quick recovery, that he would be healed, that his body would be made mm -hmm. right, Lord, that there would be no permanent damage and that you'd restore him to health. Lord, we just pray that you would touch him with your healing hand. And uh, for Brittany, Lord, we pray for anxiety and the worries. Lord, we pray that her mind would be renewed um, as she mm -hmm. meditates on your word. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Have a good day. God bless. You Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303 Six nine zero three thousand, or text us seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We have all open lines right now, so if you've been waiting for a chance to get on, I know our lines have been pretty tied up this show, so now would be a great time to get on three zero three six nine zero three thousand. In the meantime, let's go over to the text line. We had some very good texts come in um, throughout the show. One person says. Hello, Pastor. My husband and I have a disagreement on tithing. It's on my heart to give more, but he wants to give a lot less. Should I submit to my husband's decision for finances and allow God to deal with my husband, or should I submit to what God has put on my heart to give, despite my husband's decision, which will cause an argument? Well, I definitely don't think that you should just kind of unilaterally uh, start doing it without your husband's agreement. This is something where I really do think that you guys need to come to agreement. And if you feel that, uh, which obviously, you know, you have a conviction, which, by the way, I agree with. I, I tithe myself, and I believe it's an important principle that the Bible gives us. And so I, I do think you are in the right in the sense that you would like to do that. On the other hand, I don't think it would be right for you to just unilaterally take the checkbook and start doing something without your husband and you being on the same page. And so I, I guess my approach to this would be to say that I don't think that you and your husband, I don't think that you should just kind of um, kind of say, okay, well, I guess if you don't want to, then we won't. I think that you should try to keep the conversation going, not in a, uh, in a bullying way, just kind of try to keep the conversation open. Try to help him understand why you want to do it the way you do it. And um, and then I think that you might even take this to a pastor and say, hey, let's maybe your husband would be willing to do that. I hope so. Where he, you would say, hey, well, let's go and talk to somebody and get some advice. Now, you don't really say why your husband wants to decrease the amount of money he's giving. Um so I'm just going to have to speculate that sometimes one of the reasons why people decrease the amount of money they're giving is because they're in debt. And, you know, in order to maybe make up some ground with the credit card, sometimes um, people will say, well, I, it's not right for me to be giving hundreds of dollars to the church every month when I, you know, am accruing interest on my credit card. And, you know, that was something that my wife and I had to deal with personally because uh, I mentioned earlier in the show that we did an adoption back in 2011, and that was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of 
of uh, cost to us. And as a result, we had we had to put some of those, mostly lawyer fees, we had to put them on a credit card because that was the only way that we could keep going with the process. And so once we got out of it, then we, we really tried hard to get out of debt. And we did. It took us about a year and a half, which is uh, kind of incredible, actually, now that I think about it, that we were able to do that in about a year and a half. But... Um, but what we decided when we did it is that we were going to continue tithing, that we were going to create a budget. And, and as a result, we cut back on other things in our lives. Like we, we cut off our cable TV. We cut off a lot of our Internet subscriptions, you know, Netflix and those things. And we just cut way back. We ended up selling a lot of things. We sold one of our cars. We sold a lot of things at garage sales in order to um, make up the amount that we owed in debt without having to sacrifice our values because for us we we wanted to be value driven rather than need driven and our value was that we believe that giving 10% of what god has given to us that that 10% is it, it's his to begin with it's the first fruits but that the reason we give it is because it also is it's a way of not letting money get its claws in us. In other words, not being slaves to money, but but letting ourselves be slaves to Christ, if you will, like like Paul the Apostle calls himself, and uh, and saying, well, this is how I want to serve the Lord with my money, and I'd rather have other areas of my life suffer rather than this one. And so that's just my advice. And again, I don't know what's, what, what your husband's reason is, but that's my, my take on that. And for those of you who are listening, maybe you've had similar questions. Uh, I have a website, and I've, I've mentioned it before, that I write articles on different topics. A lot of them are similar topics to what people call about here on Grace FM. And so I wrote an article a while back called, uh, Should I Tithe If I'm in Debt? And if you go to my website and then just in the search bar, just type in, should I tithe if I'm in debt? Then I go into a little more detail. My website is nickkady.org, so N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G, nickkady.org. And just there's a search bar there. Just go in the search bar and type in, should I tithe if I'm in debt? And it'll pull up that article and you'll be able to uh, read a little bit more on uh, why I think the way I think. And again, that comes from a place of practice, not just from... Um, uh, in other words, I, uh, we lived it out, and we're so glad that we did. You know, I've never regretted. You know, I, I honestly don't think you'll ever meet someone who tithes who says, man, I really regret all that tithing I did. I really regret investing in God's mission and God's work. So uh, I hope that answers your question, but thank you for the, the thoughtful uh, question there. And um, let's see, let's go to another question we have on the text line. One person says, hello, Pastor Katie. Was Jesus angry with the retailers at the synagogue because they were retailers were selling their goods at the synagogue? Or was Jesus angry with the retailers because they were selling their goods on a worship day? Um, the answer is not that it was on a worship day. It was because, and it wasn't even that they were selling their goods at the synagogue. So let me just give a little context for anybody listening. We've got three minutes left. I think that'll be perfect for answering this question. So you might remember the story is that Jesus on Palm Sunday, he entered the city of Jerusalem, declared himself to be king. He was welcomed as the Messiah by the crowds in Jerusalem. Now this is just a few days before he's crucified and then rises from the dead on Easter. Uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So on that Monday, 
So the Monday after he comes into the uh, temple in the great, you know, procession into, or I'm sorry, not in the temple, into the city of Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday, it says that right after that he went down into the temple courtyards and people were selling things and they were changing money. And it was the money changers in particular that Jesus was upset with. And here's why. Because money changers, what they would do is they created, I guess you would call it like a special currency. Like if you wanted to buy and sell, you had to use their currency. But it was at huge markups, right? And so in other words, like let's say just, I'm just making up numbers, right? Let's say you could buy a sheep for $100 outside of the temple. Well, if you wanted to get a pre-approved sheep that was already, you know, guaranteed to be approved by the priest for the sacrifice of Passover, which is what everybody was preparing for, or you wanted to get something else to sacrifice, you know, whereas you could get it for $100 outside the temple, it's going to cost you $1,000 in the temple. In other words, it's just a ridiculous markup. Kind of like when you go to any stadium and they have these ridiculous markups. Except that these people were doing it with sincere people who are coming to worship and seek God. And Jesus was just so upset by these people ripping people off and trying to get rich off of people unnecessarily in the name of God. And he said, this is not the heart of the Father. This is not the heart of the Father. And I think that's so applicable to today where some people, you see that people have taken religion or Christianity and, and things like that and they've used it as a way for the, to make themselves rich or to uh, self-aggrandize. And that's really the heart of Jesus in that is saying what you're doing is wrong. It's misrepresenting the heart of God. And, um, and so, see, they needed to be selling those items at the temple and they needed to be selling them. And it actually wasn't the day of worship. He went on the next day after that. So, so I hope that answers all of your uh, questions there. The issue was that these huge markups that they were doing that was uh, unfair to the people. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I've enjoyed uh, talking with you today, answering your questions and praying for you. Tune in to Calvary Live every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m., and I will be with you again on Monday. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.